KHL 104.5 The Zone, broadcasted live at Radio Row in L.A. Our coverage presented by our friends at Ferguson HVAC. Two Rivers Ford, a moment's peace, Salon and Day Spa, and USS United Structural Systems. Our buddy Greg Cosell at the table now. Greg, what's up? How it's good you? to actually see. Well, I see you guys on Zoom, but that's not the same thing as actually sitting <laughs> right. here and seeing you live guys. Live in person, the legend yes. walking radio. <laughs> in the building. He's in the building. Yes, he is, <laughs> oh, and I Greg? love it. <laughs> well, well, do you like this stuff? Do you like Radio Row? Do you like Super Bowl? Well, I'll tell you what I like. I like seeing people that I see once or twice a year. Yeah. That's what I really like. And that's why I really missed it last year with COVID. Yeah. And that's why, you know, but I, I like seeing people that you know, I, I don't see very often, like you guys, you know? I don't see you guys. Yes. We <laughs> well, like, and, and we get, like, the in-person yeah. look yes. look you in the eyes when you're yeah. breaking down Yo. the film. And Ron and I were just having a great, you know, talk about my uh, my misbegotten youth when I, you know, thought I was a good athlete, but who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were heard... talking basketball. Yeah, yeah they were talking I- Ivy League basketball. Oh, man. We all over, man. Hoops don't stop at one level, man. Yeah. <laughs> so for, for those, let, let's, we'll get into the X's and O's of this matchup. But, but for those that don't know, your uncle was Howard Cosell. He was indeed. Growing up, what, what were your sports loves? Well, you know, it's funny. I started tossing a ball around with my dad and I remember this almost vividly when I was two years old. I just wow. was always interested, you know. And then my dad, you know, we'd go out. Uh, we actually lived in an apartment building, so we didn't have, like, a backyard and all that because I grew up in Queens in New York. But we'd toss the ball around, you know. Base- baseball was, in a sense, my first love because you have to remember, I, I, I'm old, guys. I, I was born in 56. So yeah. back in the 60s, the biggest sports in America were baseball and boxing. Okay, that seems crazy today in 2022, but baseball and boxing were the biggest sports in America in the 60s. God, can you imagine? I mean, the NFL is king. Right. Like- and, and so I grew up as a baseball player, got exposed to basketball when I was maybe 10 or 11, and, and really took a love to it, and, and actually enjoyed that more than baseball. Went to basketball camps and the whole deal. And, you know, so in, in high school, I played baseball and basketball because my high school in Queens did not have a football team. You know what? So, uh, I don't, I don't want to go too far off hand, but when he's talking about boxing, man, do do you think it'll ever come back around? Because you know things repeat themselves, right? But like the heavyweight champion of the world was the ruler of the was, world. Was, yes. a, was a king. Yeah, yeah it can never be like the Lebrons or <laughs> right. anything like right. that. It's the heavyweight champion of the world for a reason. I mean, just. I hate saying this because I'm supposed to be a sports guy, but I don't even know who the heavyweight champion of the world is now. Yeah, that, no, I mean, that makes me to it. Yeah, I, I you know? Have, no, I mean no. I have no, I have no idea. idea. I have no idea. And I, I hate saying that because I feel like, oh my god, you know, I'm an idiot, but yeah. I don't know who it is. It, it's, it's the big fella, well, but I, I can't even think of his name. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, as a guy that that is passionate about the broadcast industry, um, I, I was such a fan of Howard, and and specifically his range, right? right. Um, but the boxing stuff stood out to me. The, the the interviews and the conversations and the show that was Howard Cosell and Muhammad Ali. You can go back and, like, kids that maybe haven't seen this, you can Google it and go back and watch these things. It, it is absolutely amazing. And the other thing that he did. did, as people might recall, this is all before ESPN and all before highlights were just a normal part of our life as they are today, is remember he did the halftime highlights on Monday Night Football? I oh. mean, you guys, not, oh, I say remember, you guys won't remember that because you probably weren't later, even yeah. born yet. But, uh, and I saw him do it once in Philly. It was a Monday Night game in Philly, and you know I went up to the booth, the whole deal. 
he would do that totally extemporaneously. He hadn't seen the wow. highlights. No. They just run the plays, you know, for three, whatever it was, three, five minutes, and he would just talk as he's seeing them for the wow. first time. It was unbelievable. And he not one stumble, not one pause. It was ridiculous. One shot. That's <laughs> it. It was live. It was live. Wow. Wow. I used to do that with the high school football for a high school football show. A little bit of a different, uh, <laughs> different, a different ending. Right. And a little that's bit great. of a, a different performance <laughs> right. on that, too. Like, that's amazing. Well, Greg Cosell with us on 3HL. Um, with, as, as his nephew, like, looking back, like, I understand how big a superstar he was in the moment. Did that resonate with you, or were you into your own stuff? I was this into, is you know, just Uncle Howard. You have to remember that he he was really big in the late 60s and through the 70s. So I was in high school from 71 to 74 and college from 74 to 78. So I'm doing my own thing. Yes. You know, so he was doing his thing. So I didn't see him very often. And, uh, you know, we didn't we lived too far apart to see each other on a regular basis. So, no, I you know, he was doing his thing. I was doing my thing. You mentioned basketball. Did you say earlier that you were on Ernie Grunfeld's team? No, no. I, I played against him in you high school. You played against him, yes. Yeah, he, he went to Forest Hills High School in Queens, yes. and I went okay. to Francis Lewis High School in Queens. And um, he had, uh, in the game that we played against them, and I was covering him at times, maybe more than at times. Yeah. But he had what 30, would the tape show? He had, he had 36 <laughs> points and 25 rebounds. Oh, that was a uh, way to hold him down. But, that's, but lock, re- that's how you lock but, it down, But Reed. who remembers that stuff? Yeah. You know? 36 and 25, light <laughs> night, light yeah. night. Good job, Brad. And, and needless to say, Brent, I did not have 36 and 25. <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't have 60 and 30. Yeah, <laughs> I held him down. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I held him down. Yeah. I held him down. <laughs> um, so as, as we talk about this match, Matchup, Greg Cosell, uh, uh, the the 3HL uh, the film study session here that we're getting into. Uh, I was thinking about the Cincinnati offensive line going up against Aaron Donald and those guys. Is is that where we need to start well, with this matchup? Yes, but it begs the next question. Okay. The Bengals know that too. Yeah. yeah. This is not a scoop. So the question to me becomes, how do they compensate for that and how do they camouflage that weakness? What are the tactics that they could deploy so that that doesn't become the deciding factor in the game. Because the way I see it, and maybe others see it differently, the last thing I think you want, if you're Zach Taylor and the Bengals, is to walk off the field at SoFi Stadium and say, oh, we lost because of our offensive line. So you know that that's a mismatch disadvantage. So, you know, what are the kinds of things that you can do? I think they have to view this as a a four-quarter game. So, in other words, they're going to have to run the ball. Now, that's an easy thing to say. But we saw them do that in the AFC Championship game. They stayed with the run because they have to make the Rams' defensive line defend the run. And also, then, what kinds of runs? I think outside zone is really important because I think it marries exceptionally well with the play-action pass game. And I think they need to put Burrow under center in this game at times because think of it this way. The outside zone run, it's basically a wide lateral run. So what does that mean for the defensive line? What is the first movement the defensive line has to make to defend that run? They have to move laterally. Mm-hmm. So if you go play action off that run look, their first move is still lateral. It's right. not vertical to toward the quarterback. Yeah. So it slows them down. And, again, we're talking fractions of seconds, but fractions of seconds matter in the NFL. Right. How much have they done? I, that's been I, their foundation. Okay. Well, because Zach Taylor was on Sean McVay's staff. Right. So that's been their foundation. So, you know, they may start the game and they may not run 
you know, that happened against Kansas City. They started the game. They, Mixon was getting a yard, two yards, mm-hmm. but they stayed with it. He had 21 rushes against Kansas City. In a game, they got down by 18 points, and 16 of those 21 rushes came on first down. You mentioned the Zach Taylor McVeigh connection, and and I know we we talk tape, but I'm just curious how much of an advantage is there with Zach Taylor standing next to him the last time the Rams were in a Super Bowl, knowing how he thinks, knowing how he play calls, knowing what they do. Is there an advantage to that, or is everything you can pretty much see on the tape anyway? Um, I mean, you know how a guy thinks because yeah. and I because. Th- one thing I've learned through the years is coaches coach against coaches because they know schemes. They know what a guy likes to do. You know, look, I do a lot of work, but I'm not even in the same league as these coaches because they're studying. Uh, they've been studying other coaches for years and years and years and years. I'm, you know, I, I can't quite do it that way. So, so Zach Taylor will know what McVay likes to do in given situations. That doesn't mean you can stop it. You don't win in the NFL because you trick people and fool people. Every once in a while, there's a play like that, and there could be a play or two like that in the Super Bowl. There, there always are. I mean, obviously, the most famous one being the Philly Special. You know, there's always a play like that, but you, you don't win a four-quarter game in the NFL because you trick people. Yeah, yeah. Looking at looking at the the opposite end of that. Now looking at the Rams, Aaron Donald. We talked about last week, Aaron Donald and Von Miller, the things they're doing up front. Is it okay just to have four coming for the Rams? For the Rams? Well, the Rams are an interesting team, Ron, because their base front is a 5-2. They play with a five-man front. And even when they're in their nickel, at times they'll play with a five-man front because what a five-man front forces an offensive line to do is go one-on-one, man-on-man protection. So you know that as a defense. If you line up with a five-man front and cover each offensive lineman for the most part, yeah. they have to block the man in front of them. Yeah. That's the protection call. Yeah. And you can't change the protection call in the middle of the play. Mm-hmm. So the protection call becomes one-on-one. The defense knows that, and then they can work off that. They can have different stunt concepts, yes. you know, different games up front yeah. to try to play off the fact that they know how the offensive line will protect. Jalen Ramsey, obviously a, a a local kid. You know, we like to talk about him a lot. Um, right. He is is he's very a com- kid. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yep. Um, so he's very, obviously he's very vocal. Like, Here we go for Will Bowling. He went to Brentwood Academy. Okay, there you go. Yes, he's a BA kid, um, which is where Will went. Ridiculous athlete. But anyway, so which you know, watching right, the right, tape, right? right. Yeah. But anyway, um, he's very vocal about like. I want, you know, give me chase, whatever. Right. What? How do they utilize Jalen Ramsey? What do you think? And, you know, it's that's a great question, Don, because all I've been hearing about is, is Ramsey versus chase. And, by the way, with two weeks to prepare, they could absolutely do that. This It all becomes speculation. The only thing I can... I can judge by is what the tape has shown all season and the way they've used Ramsey. The Rams have been one of the lowest percentage man-to-man coverage defenses in the NFL mm. all season. Ramsey has rarely been used as a matchup man-to-man corner. Rarely. Now, having said that, even if he's not matching up and following and traveling with a receiver, yeah. obviously there's going to be times he'll be on chase. And who knows? Like I said, they may decide in this game that Yes, he's going to cover Chase the whole game. But that raises another set of issues. 
Then what do they do on the other side? Because think of it this way. Very often Chase is the single receiver to the short side of the field, and then there's three receivers to the other side. Well, we like to say he's the boundary X mm-hmm. on the backside of trips. So are they going to be comfortable with 5'9", 185-pound Darius Williams matched on 6'3 and a half, 220-pound T. Higgins? So you have uh, to feel, you know, yeah. no, it's, yeah. not, it's not just a Ramsey chase thing. Yeah. There's right. more to it than that. Yeah. And to your point on the the numbers and the stats that you gave about that, like, and you've said it a million times, you don't go into a game and completely change what got you there. And they could. They could. When there's two weeks, you have more practice time, more classroom time, more film time. You know, you have more of everything. So absolutely could it change yes so i don't want to sound like oh there's no way it will happen but for the people who are acting like it's an absolute given they're just speculating because that's not what the rams did all season right greg cosell with us on 3hl breaking down this rams Bengals super bowl and uh from an offensive standpoint uh matthew stafford um uh the, the run game what kind of balance have they shown on tape um how uh, important is it for, for Matthew Stafford to avoid that big play, which he did avoid. He threw it, but he avoided it. You know, I'm just curious about the Rams' offense. I'm just going to give you my opinion because I don't know what Sean McVay is going to do. But yeah. here, I think you're going to see a couple of things early. I think you're going to see McVay be really aggressive with the pass game. I think you're going to see them be go no huddle tempo. I think you're going to see them line up in empty sets. They lined up in empty more than any team in the league this year. That's one thing one reason that Stafford's there because he's such a better drop back passer than Goff. Goff needed the play action pass game. Yeah. Stafford is just he, he's a drop back passer. You can drop back and and Stafford can throw it. And and the reason I think they'll be aggressive is because I personally believe that McVeigh would love to get ahead 14 nothing and test the patience of Zach Taylor to stay with the run. The best way I could say it, and I think you'll know what I mean, I think McVeigh would love for this game to be a two-and-a-half, three-quarter game, whereas Zach Taylor needs it to be a four-quarter game. You know, I think that McVeigh would love to be ahead 31, you know, 17 going into the fourth quarter, or even, you know, being ahead earlier where Taylor has to decide, can I stay with the run or do I now have to throw it because, you know, I'm trying to protect my old line, and if I start having to throw it, that becomes an issue. Yeah. Uh, well, Cooper Cup, you want? No, I was going to Coop- say, we're done. You, okay. you want it? Go ahead. Cooper Cup's an yeah. issue. There you go. Like, how the heck do you defend that guy? Yeah. What well, do you do? And I think they do such a great job, the Rams, that is, of getting Cup cleanly into his routes. They're so good with condensed formations, tough to press in condensed formations. They're so good with stacks bunches they use him in motion all this allows him to get clean releases off the ball and to get into his routes without any disruption and his sense of pace tempo spacing how to make corners move off their spot because you're trying to make the corner move off his spot you know once he moves off his spot then you can play off that and and cups a master at that and so he yeah but i think you know it's funny don't you mention cup we know he won the triple crown this year he's he's great that's not the point but I think Odell Beckham is a real challenge in this game. He's their boundary X. He's their single receiver to the short side of the field. And in the NFC Championship game, he had 11 targets, nine catches over 100 yards. And he's people seem to forget how talented he is yeah. because of Cup. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, too. And you talk about Cincinnati being able to control the run, but here you have the Rams with Cam Akers coming back and Sony Michelle. What do you what do you look at? Yeah, and and I'm I'm real curious to see what McVeigh's balance is. I think he's going to be, my sense anyway, more significantly pass heavy in this game. Okay. That's my sense. I mean, if he gets ahead, and yeah. now we're getting into late third, fourth quarter, I think obviously that changes the right. equation. But I don't think McVeigh's goal in this game is balance. Yeah. I think McVeigh's goal in this game is explosive pass plays against a defense that is better than probably people think, but not a shutdown kind of defense. I think he's going to feel like they can make plays against that defense. How uh, how much do you think I, – I, there's just so much talk about what happened last time that they were in the Super Bowl, and I know it's completely – You're talking about the Rams? Yeah, and I know it's completely different roster and – build and what they do and all of that but it's the three points it's the like does that play into aggressiveness do you think from McVeigh or you think it's just I don't think he's well I shouldn't say that I have no idea what John McVeigh's thinking but my guess is he's not real focused on what happened in that Super Bowl I think he's seeing this game he has a different quarterback look he loves Stafford he loves Stafford being aggressive they've changed a number of things they do because of the quarterback and look no coach wants quarterbacks to throw interceptions uh, but I think he's okay with the fact that Stafford is aggressive. Don't forget, he makes a lot of phenomenal throws. For some reason, people really like talking about Stafford's interceptions. And did he? if you look at the number on a sheet of paper, did he throw too many? Yes. As you guys know, I've always been a believer that you have to look at each interception as right. an individual play. Yep. I found out from some people in the know that a number of the of his interceptions resulted from mistakes by receivers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to factor that in. But I think they love the fact that Stafford can do anything in the pass game. They can go play action. They can do the drop-back pass game. They can drive the ball down the field. They can run more vertical routes. He's got better movement ability and th- better throw-on-the-run ability than Goff. So I think there's just more that Stafford can do, and I don't think McVay's going to go into this Super Bowl hindering that. Yeah. It's going to be a fun matchup. Yeah. Greg Cosell, at Greg Cosell on Twitter. Thank you. It is good to, to yeah. have a conversation yes, face-to-face. No, it's great. You know, it, it just always seems more passionate when it's face-to-face. That's you right. Know? Yes. Yeah. That's right. Well, we'll be passionate about this uh, matchup. Then we'll be passionate about moving to the NF, toward the NFL draft um, as we get uh, free of this event. Thank you, Greg. Good All right, guys. You. Appreciate it. All right, Greg. Greg Cosell. 3HL, 104.5 The Zone.